0: This is the show with Cannon Brown.
1: If you're not, if you are not passionate about what you're doing, then don't do it. Whether that's, you know, whether that's showing pigs, showing cattle, playing baseball, playing an instrument, whatever. If you're not passionate about it, don't, don't let somebody else try and force you to do it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, unless you think that you're going to have potential for passion, You know, don't worry about it. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if you are passionate about something, if you're passionate about this industry, but you don't necessarily have the resources, reach out to somebody. I personally, I am giving anybody the opportunity look me up on Facebook, send me a message. If you are passionate about this industry and you want to advance and excel and you want to go somewhere, you want more help, you want to learn more, reach out to somebody who does know.
0: That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What's going on guys? This is the show and I'm your host, Cannon Brown. I've got a great guest for you guys today. Her name is Miss Tana Simmons. She's from Tipton, Indiana. Uh, Tana and I have been friends since we were on the NJSA junior board together. She was just getting off the junior board serving her two-year term when I was just getting elected to serve my two-year term. So we didn't really get to know each other that well during that period, but we've gotten to know each other over the years and she's done some camps for Next Level. So we've worked, we've worked for Next Level together and, and gone to a couple camps together. And it's just been a blast. Hannah's one of the most energetic and positive people that I know in this world. And I think, I mean, her passion really comes out in this interview, to be honest with you. I mean, she's a fireball. She's a firecracker. Like she just goes and goes and goes. And I think that you guys are going to hear that. In this episode, if you if you guys already haven't uh, uh, heard it in the cold open with her, you'll hear it in her interview. She's super, super passionate about what she does and, and how she lives her life and how she helps people in the industry. I'm very, very thankful to call her a friend and, and have somebody like this that I can reach out to and, and do an interview with. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Follow me on all my social medias. Uh, I apologize for being a little late with my episodes. Big things are coming, guys. I promise you, big things are coming, and um, I I just I got some other things taking up my time. But I I really do think this podcast is a priority, and I want to keep pushing content out to you. We're just in a little lull phase right now, so I'm gonna be better. I promise. Uh, I'll be releasing more episodes. I, I. I'm going to release a couple more this week just to get you guys some content because I didn't release one last week. So I hope you guys enjoy Tana Simmons. Follow me at the show pod. Uh, Add me on Snapchat, Canon 18, all that jazz. That's enough of me talking. Let's do it. Miss Tana Simmons. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Hello. Miss Tana Simmons. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Perfect. Yeah, you sound just dandy to me, too, so we're, we're doing just fine already. Excellent. I was trying to think of um, the last time we have seen each other. I think it's got to be at a Next Level camp, right?
1: I, uh, it's funny you say that because when you texted me, I looked back through our messages, and the last message that you had sent me was a picture of um, you and then one of the Next Level campers from when you judged their state fair. Oh, and then I'm yeah. I'm thinking that that was probably that camp was probably the last time that I saw you, and that's been at least a year ago.
0: I think it. Was was, I think it was two.
1: It could be. It was Washington, or, right? Yeah, just or, coming
0: on two years this June, I think.
1: There we go. Gosh it, dang. Long overdue, nonetheless. But yeah, I think that was it.
0: It's been too long. I loved it. Yeah, I went to um, I judged their fair. That's um, right. And. I remember because I didn't want to talk to him beforehand because obviously I, I don't want to do anything suspicious. Right. But after, it was the funniest thing because those three boys came up to me and they were like, hey, uh, it was so good to see you. But when, we want to know what, when Tan is going to be back up here, when she's going to yes. be back at the camp. I'm like, can you guys chill out? They also <laughs> asked if you had a boyfriend. So um, I told them you did.
1: Oh, well... You know, upgraded now to fiancé. Well, fiancé uh, now, but you don't want
0: to break their hearts too much.
1: I know. Oh, God love them. That's the best. <laughs> I love how they're like, oh, hey, good to see you. By the way, where's Tana?
0: <laughs> yeah, where's Tana You didn't bring her up here to judge the show with you? And I'm like, no, sorry. I apologize. That's the
1: best. <laughs> That's the best. No, I No, I, cu-
0: I couldn't believe that um, when I was thinking about the last time we saw each other, I was like, gosh, dang, two years ago in Washington – and uh we need to change that but I I don't go I don't go to a lot of camps anymore it doesn't seem like you go to a lot of camps anymore
1: you know part of growing up um it's well and I mean I I I'm on the the upper the upper age scale of the camp counselors anyways and I, I I mean I was from the start and so now you know going into two or three years I'm I'm definitely tipping the scale uh on the older end so you know it's it's fine I try not to think about it I'll be selling celebrating my third 25th birthday um next month so it's no
0: big deal your third
1: yeah I once I hit 25 I decided I'm not I'm not aging anymore I'm just gonna just keep celebrating 25 no matter what (laughs)
0: interesting so we don't have to talk about your age anymore I'll change the subject really quick um I hope no one's good at math either that's listening yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you. I I talk about next level on here all the time. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure people are tired of me talking about it. But I wanted to ask you, why did you want to uh, be involved as a counselor? You said you came into it late. You were already kind. Of, you didn't have to become a counselor. What, what right. kind of drew you into it?
1: Um. So Kaylee, you know, everybody knows Kaylee pretty well. Runs the next level deal. Um. And Kaylee and I are very, very good friends. And so when she approached me about the opportunity, um, it was kind of a no brainer for me because A, I would get to spend more time with Kaylee. And B, um, a, I would get to teach kids how to show. And, you know, a, it, growing up, I guess, like through high school and college, if anybody asked me what my dream job would be, it was getting to teach kids about livestock and how to show livestock. Um, so it, I mean, it, it was, everything just fell, fell right into place there. Um, and when I first started, I, I went to, I don't know, I, I never really got to go to a ton of camps. Um, but the handful of camps I've been to, I tried to go back every year. So like Florida, for example, um, I absolutely love the Florida camp and I've gone two years in a row and that's one that I'm going to try and go to for as long as
0: they'll let me as long as Kaylee doesn't pull your application out it, it,
1: that's exactly right as long as she's like er, this kid's gotta go or I remember when she was talking
0: I remember when she was talking about putting an age limit on counselors I think there is an age limit too
1: there probably is and that's why I'm never gonna get over the age of 25
0: you're exactly we'll just have to be quiet about it gosh dang I can't believe you just said that You're three years past your your third 25th birthday Eve. Yep. I love it yep it yeah. do, it does seem like something that you're super passionate about, like teaching kids how to show. I mean, that was one thing that I noticed right off the bat, is like you well, were you were a new yeah. counselor and you were, and, you got it.
1: Well, and that was something else. Like I, I mean, I've since I was just a wee little lad, I've always had a, a pretty big personality. Um, and so you know, being a counselor and being able to, I mean, I know this is gonna sound kind of funky, but like teaching these kids and 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 you know going through the motions of of you know how to hold your free hand and where the gas pedal is and that kind of stuff i mean you're kind of performing and i really i i've always kind of thought of myself as as a bit of a performer and so um i know that sounds really stupid but that's that's just kind of kind of why i like it
0: (laughs) Danny, you know me i we thrive (laughs) together (laughs) we are performers (laughs) through and through we just want all the attention I think that's one thing. Um, it's good that we weren't on the junior board together at the same time. That's think. A, that's
1: such a good point.
0: Yeah, we would have been vying for Kaylee's attention way too much together. It,
1: it, well, and I honestly, I feel like it would have. It probably would have put, put a wedge between our friendship. So
0: it probably would have.
1: I mean, I, all things, all things happen for a reason.
0: I mean, there can't be m- more than one funny person that just seeks attention in one area right. for too long. Exactly. And we, we are heat-seeking missiles when it comes to attention, you and I.
1: And and see, and that's why the Next Level camps work out perfectly, because it's only just, you know, two and a half days.
0: Well, and there's so many kids to give you attention. Like, yep. selfishly, I like the camps because there's 60 kids that just think you're the best thing in the world. <laughs> Is that weird for point. me to say?
1: No, that's, that's <laughs> the perfect way to describe it. That's the perfect way to describe exactly. it. Exactly.
0: That's what I thought. Now, you come from... Um, I mean, you come from the heat of it, like the Midwest, like that, I, when you were growing up showing, um, that's what everybody thinks is just Indiana, Midwest, you're from Tipton. How was it growing up? Was, were your parents involved with livestock? How did you get into it?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I was actually thinking about this today. Um, and I was, you know, when I think about it I'm like, oh yeah, I grew up like most people did, you know, both my parents showed, but. Then when I really get to thinking about it, a lot of kids, their parents didn't show. Um, so I'm pretty fortunate that both of my parents showed. My dad showed cattle, my mom showed pigs, cattle, and sheep, um, and they showed at both the county and state level. So they were really involved in it. Um, and then I also have two older brothers. So my brothers are four and six years older than me, um, and so I, I mean, I was fully immersed in the stock show, you know, way of life right out of the gate. Um, and so, I mean, even when I'm thinking about it, I never really had to learn how to show. Like, nobody ever had to teach me because I was just always around it. And it just, it kind of came second nature to me. Um, and I'm super fortunate to have had that opportunity. And to be honest with you, you know, like I said, I never really thought about it that way until you sent me this kind of outline. And I was thinking about, you know, what it was like to grow up in Indiana and be so immersed in, in the stock show industry. Um and so, like you said, you know, Indiana is very rural. Um, I grew up surrounded by farm ground. Um, a lot of kids, you know, showed livestock that, you know, I went to school with or in my county, um, but not a lot of them necessarily showed to the extent that we did, uh, like my family. And so, um, you know, that that's something that I think a lot of people may think, oh, you know, you grew up in Indiana. You grew up with a lot of other kids that showed. Yeah, I did. But those were kids that mainly just showed at the county fair. They didn't understand the junior stock show industry. Um, And so, you know, that was, that was something that I, I mean, I kind of took pride in being that like, I was a little bit special that, you know, I got out of school to go to North American or Denver or whatnot. And, and, no other kids really did that.
0: Well, you and and you were kind of growing up and, and coming of age in the show industry when those junior organizations were starting to become kind of the a big deal, kind of the norm for those uh, families that want to go and, and and participate pretty heavily.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't, you're, I don't know like the exact years that everything started. Um, like from the NJSA standpoint, from World Pork Expo and Summer Spectacular and all that. But my first. My family's first NJSA event was uh, Summer Spectacular in 2002. And then from there, we went to just about every World Pork Expo and Summer Spectacular that we could make it to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I know that was at least on the... That was one of the first few years, I think, for Summer Spectacular. I'm pretty sure it
0: started in like 2000 or something like that. That's what I thought.
1: Something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It had to be like... Uh, 98 to 2000 or something like that had to be like one of the days where they did it the first year.
1: I want to say the 2000s sound sound right because I think the Expo was – was it in the
0: late 90s? I couldn't even tell you to be honest with you. Yeah, that's – Somebody's yeah. somebody's listening right now, screaming at their phone.
1: Absolutely, they are, and we're probably going to get a lot of text messages with the correct answers. To these, well, here's the these deal, things. and, and
0: <laughs> we were on the junior board, and we don't even know this. I
1: know that's pitiful.
0: Wow, look at us. We should,
1: we should edit that out.
0: <laughs> no editing. It's all raw. <laughs> now you, but you showed uh, hogs and cattle, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So. So like year round, our, like our, our main species were pigs and cattle. Um, So we like this time of year, for example, we would have pigs and then we would have our show heifers. We mainly showed heifers. Um, We would have our show heifers right now. We're shucking out our heifers and we won't show them again until County Fair, but you know, in the Midwest right now, we're just getting ready to gear up for jackpot shows. So we would have pigs right now for jackpot shows, heifers in the barn. And then we would have our county fair, our state fair. And then after state fair, you know, we would turn our state fair heifers out. Pigs would be gone, but we would be gearing up for sale season with our sale calves. Um, My oldest brother, he's raised, he's raised calves just for as long as I can remember. Um, And then also we're getting pigs for National Bear Show, Kansas City and North American. And then uh, once we get through with those shows, we would already have pigs for Denver, and if we were taking a heifer to Denver, we would have her getting. We'd be getting her ready, and then once we get through Denver, we kind of start back over with our spring um, animals. So that's those were like up. that was. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like that's kind of what we did there, and then I also. Um, for whatever reason, my oldest brother, Trey, really liked sheep, um, and so we, we would show sheep at the county and state fair, you know, a couple years here, a couple years there, and then I showed goats for three years as well, um, so the goat deal, that was just a short three-year stint, um, my, again, my oldest brother, he, he went to school in, he went to Butler and then Texas Tech. And when he was out there, he just he met some guys that raised goats. And so he thought we needed to show goats. And I was like, well, they're cute and funny. Let's give her a shot. So <laughs> we we got our first year. I had Johnny and Susan. Johnny G. Uh, the goat. Johnny the goat. Johnny G. And Susan. And then Ed, Ed, and Eddie the next year. And then the final year that I showed, I had two weathers that we called the boys. And they ended up grand in reserve at the state fair. And... Once I once we hit that, I decided meh. We'll just we'll just end on a high note, and uh, we we hung up the the choker chains and, and didn't show goats
0: anymore. And in the in the goat deal on the high note yep. had to win, and, and then just put up the put up the choker chain, like you said. I like yeah, yep.
1: That. yep. <laughs> we it was a one and done deal, and I was like, yep, well, this was good. Let's uh, let's call her a day. So
0: that is a, a heck of a lineup. I mean, you were talking about your yearly season that you that you guys go through. That's busy.
1: Very much so. And, you know, it's funny because um, on on your outline it says, you know, sports. And the only sport that I played in high school was soccer because fall was, like, kind of supposedly the slower time of year when it came to livestock stuff. But, I mean, there really isn't a slow time of year when you're showing
0: year-round. Yeah, and I, for some reason, I put sports on the outline. I could have sworn you played basketball.
1: No. Well, I, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I, I was an avid basketball player, uh, starting in about, well, through, through about the third grade. Um, I played on the AAU team, and you know I was I was a I was a real baller. But you better watch I, out.
0: <laughs> once
1: I, once oh, I got baller. to middle school, I I decided that that just wasn't the route I wanted to take.
0: Once you got to middle school, you stopped growing, and then that's
1: you, exactly right. Yeah. That's and well, and see, and that's why I didn't play volleyball in the fall. I played soccer because I'm like, well, shoot, I don't a I don't have any hops, so volleyball's out of the question there, and I'm not naturally tall, so.
0: You so know, soccer was, was the choice.
1: Soccer just it just it really it, it was it was the good choice.
0: And you you only played that for a couple of years or what?
1: No, I played. So well, you know, all little kids play soccer. So I played when I was little, and then I played, you know, in in our youth league. And then when we don't have a middle school team, so we have like a like a makeshift travel team that I played through middle school, and then our high school had a soccer team. So I played um, varsity soccer all four years in high school.
0: Oh. Wow. But but
1: that was where my soccer career ended. There was not a single ounce of me that even considered playing any kind of sport in college. So,
0: well, do you think you could
1: have? <laughs> 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 just say that you got. Just
0: we'll just I'll edit this part out. Just say that you got an offer from like a D three school really quick.
1: I don't know any D three schools.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I got an offer. Either. I
1: got an offer to play soccer at IU, but I just couldn't bear to go to IU. So um, okay, yeah, I just that was just the end of it.
0: Okay, there we go, <laughs> and, and and that's the headline mm-hmm, right there. Mm-hmm. I'm interviewing yep. a, a gal that um, got a D one scholarship a D1 to offer IU
1: and turned it down.
0: But you but you turned it down because you had to get Tommy John surgery drained both your knees
1: because IU sucks.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, that too. Okay. Surgery, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> surgery. Did you? Um, surgery. Now, one thing that I find weird is Indiana. The, I found this with Kaylee and a couple other people that are from Indiana. Mm-hmm. A lot of the some of the high schools don't have FFA programs.
1: That is correct.
0: Did yours? Yes, okay. mine did. Okay. Um,
1: I'm finding it's it's kind of few and far okay. between as to like the ones that don't have FFA. Um, and it's like the, well, some of the really small schools and some of the really big schools don't have FA, but ours did. Cause we are, we kind of fell right in the middle.
0: Okay. Um, and, and was it, uh, I mean, was it a pretty big chapter? Did you guys do pretty good in CDE events and stuff like that?
1: Um, y- yeah, we were, I mean, I don't, oh, to be honest with you, this is pitiful numbers it's- wise. I mean, we were a 3A school. So like I graduated with 130. So our high school had What's that? Like six, seven hundred kids. Um, and our ssa like numbers wise, we had a lot of people involved. Um, when it came to participation in things like CDs or SAEs, um, we had a, like a select group of you know fifteen to twenty of us that really liked to do that kind of thing. Um, you know, the rest of our chapter they were they were more into um like like the mechanics aspect and things like that. Um, so they were you know they were. A lot of them were kids that grew up on farm, like grew up on a farm or worked on a farm or something like that, but didn't necessarily want to do the career development side of things. Wow. Which is, I mean, I think that's probably kind of what you'll find in any FSA chapter.
0: Be honest. I think there's a lot of similarities similarities with every uh, chapter to what you just said.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, depending on yeah.
0: numbers wise, I mean, you're going to have a, a core, a main core that is going to participate in the CDES, and they're going to be the leadership of the chapter, and then you're going to yeah. have. The group that does the AGMAC and and then the group that just goes to the classes.
1: That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, um, you know, I I was an officer for three years. Um, and then I I loved the CDES. Um, I did my freshman year. I wound up finishing the top sixteen, um, nationally in the creed, and then I did like extemporaneous speaking essay. The one thing I never did was prepared public speaking. Um, and I just, I honestly, I don't know why I just writing a speech never sounded super appealing. And there were always a bunch of other kids that wanted to do that. So I was like, eh, I'll do extemp. That's fine.
0: But you liked extemp rather than, uh, prepare. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, I just, I, I feel like it, the, I mean, it was just, it was easier for me to not have time, not have as much time to prepare. Cause then I psych myself out.
0: Yeah, for anybody that's you know listening I mean? that doesn't know what this what this actually means, extemporaneous speaking is, is on the go. They give you a topic. You have 10 minutes to prepare something, and then you give the speech. Prepared is they give you a topic. You have six months or, or a year to write something down, and then you can give it. So I just wanted to let everybody in uh, on the secret that we were talking about just now.
1: There you go. Yeah, but, perfect.
0: I mean, I've um, – I participated in extemp. I haven't participated in prepared, but I would have preferred to do prepared. I was kind of thrown into extemp one time. got and it. And it it was fun. I li- I love like um, you know that adrenaline that you get when you're like kind of scared and nervous. Yep. I love that feeling of like I don't like the feeling when I first get it, but when it's all over, that then release. You're like, oh,
1: that was cool. Oh yeah. my yes. gosh,
0: that feels so incredible.
1: Yes, absolutely. Especially, especially if so. My favorite is like, okay, you feel like you crushed it, awesome, or you walk out of there and you're like, crap, that wasn't very good, but then you end up doing well. Yeah, the results then, come
0: in and you won it.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. And that was always that was always my thing, you know, with with any any of my high school stuff where I was doing speeches or com- competitions like that. Um, I would always or like interviews. I always walk out and I'm like, oh my god that was, that was terrible. Oh, and no. I just feel really downed about it. But then, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's never as bad as I thought. And and then there's always that like, oh, oh, awesome. And then you get that pumped up feeling again. And it's like, sweet.
0: It's a great feeling. <laughs> it's a fantastic feeling. Do you think that, um, do you think that's a big reason why you did public speaking is just to put yourself out there and kind of like be nervous and just try different things?
1: No, um, and I, uh, I don't, I, how do I want to say this? I don't necessarily think that anything that I did or even still do, I don't really do anything just to put myself out there. Uh, because I, if I'm going to go into something, I want to have a pretty good feeling that I'm, I'm going to be good at it. Um, and so, you know, when it came to like you know, FFA and in, in the CDEs, I kind of wanted to set myself up for success. And I realized when I was, you know, like, like for creed speaking, for example, freshman year, creed speaking is where you recite the FFA creed. It's a five paragraph deal. It takes like two or three minutes to do it all. Um, but freshman year creed speaking, I realized that it's kind of hard for people to memorize that much. And then to regurgitate it with the right, emphasis on certain yep. words and things like that and so you know freshman year ag class we all had to memorize the creed and we all had to recite it and so realizing that that was a struggle for some people but that i was okay at it i was like okay if i'm pretty good at it now with some practice i could be really good at it so let's go for this
0: hmm. i like the way you think actually i think
1: I, I don't and i know i don't want that to sound conceited but i, no, just, I, mean...
0: I don't think it sounds conceited at all here's the deal I th- I ser- I sincerely believe that we are all competing against each other at all times. That's just that's just the way of life. Mm-hmm. So if you if you see that and you use that as a as a form of motivation, I think it's a I think it's a great way to push yourself. So I don't think it sounds conceited at all.
1: I just I mean, and that's kind of that's. Is. Yeah, whatever. If it is, then you and I are both conceded together and that's fine. Oh,
0: I think the same way because I feel, I feel the exact same way. If I see some somebody kind of lagging on something that I feel confident at, I immediately feel like, oh, wow, if I actually put a little bit more effort into this, I could probably be pretty dang good at it.
1: Yep. Yes, yeah. ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm good at everything. My God, there's so much that I'm really bad at, uh, you know, but that's why I don't do those things a lot.
0: It goes back you know? to it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode when we were talking about how we're attention seeking. Yep. We're great at public speaking. We're not great at it, but we like public speaking and that there's a way to get better at it. I think um both of us are going to try to lean into that area. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh so you like the um public speaking or extemporaneous and, and and all that speaking CDs what what other CDs did, did you participate in
1: Um so much like you got you said that you had gotten thrown into extemporaneous I got thrown into essay one year which is oh, quite yeah. I mean quite the opposite of speaking cuz obviously you're writing um and I also I really found that I enjoyed it as much as I despise writing you know papers Um, you know, like research papers or something like that, that's, you know, got to be technical and whatnot. Um, I really enjoyed essay because in that contest, uh, you get, you get a topic and then you get like, I think it was either, I think it was like 30 minutes, um, that you can look up on the computer, um, research, like you can research stuff about that topic and then you get another 20 minutes to type your essay without, you know, your search browser open. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I think it was, it was basically like typing a prepared speech only in a short amount of time. And then you don't have to worry about memorizing it and presenting it. Um, so I kind of like cool.
0: that. I, I'm not, I'm not a good writer at all. I'm, I, I don't write well at all, but for somebody that does write well, I think that could be a great outlet for them.
1: Absolutely. And it yeah. was fun. I mean, it it was for me, it, like I said, it was something I was thrown into. And so, you know I kind of took it as all right, and I, I, i'm I'm just doing this. nobody really expects anything out of me. so I'll do the best I can and we'll see where it goes. And I think I was like second I think I think I was second at district. I don't know I, I, I placed in the top three, which I was just absolutely tickled with. Nice. so you know, I it was just something different.
0: That's always the best when you have no pressure on you and you do good. yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That's, that's the best feeling guess, ever. Yeah, you're sweet. just like, wow, this is like. This is like free recognition. This is incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Now, um, I wanted to ask you about college. Yep. You didn't compete in any judging in high school, did you?
1: Um, oh, judging. So I – both of my older brothers were fantastic in livestock judging. Um, they both got scholarships to junior and senior colleges. Um, and so I assumed – going into my freshman year, that that was just what I would do too. Um, And so I gave it the good old college try, the absolute best I could for my freshman and sophomore year. And I absolutely despised livestock judging. Really, It was not fun for me. I did not enjoy giving reasons. I did not enjoy sitting in a chair for six hours at state contest, (laughs) memorizing six sets of reasons after I just looked at 12 classes. None of that was fun for me. Um, and so I, I, like I said, I did it for two years and then that was it. In our school at the time, um, we, we had, we didn't have meat judging. We might've had soils, but I just, I wasn't really interested in anything else. Uh, meats would have been the only other thing and we, we didn't do that. So, um, so so I did not, you weren't, you weren't feeling it. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Um, and so, you know, my mom's thing, my mom and dad's biggest thing from, like, the time we were in first, second grade was they always encouraged us to fi- to figure out, you know, what we could do to uh, succeed in college and be good enough to have a scholarship to do something. So for both my brothers, that was livestock judging. That's how they got – that's how they, they figured out how to get their school paid for. For me, realizing it wasn't going to be livestock judging, um, and I – I got involved with a lot of other things, um, through high school. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to apply and receive the Lilly scholarship. And so in Indiana, um, every county has at least one scholarship that they can give to a a high school senior. Um, that's a full ride for any school in the state of Indiana. um, so I got the Lily scholarship which was That's a great was, scholarship. It it <laughs> oh it's my gosh. absolutely fantastic and I'll be honest with you I I cherish it now more than I ever did when I was in school because I don't have any student debt b- because of it um yeah. and I'm I'm realizing you know talking to some of my peers talking about paying off student loans and things like that I'm like oh crap I didn't I mean I I didn't realize how how lucky I am then I yeah. I definitely do now but um so anyway, so, you know, getting the Lily, I was able to go to Purdue um, and and not have the pressure of having to judge or something like that that I maybe didn't love um, so that I could not have to worry financially.
0: Yeah, because um, you probably, you you could have gotten a scholarship to judge livestock in junior college. I mean, it probably wouldn't <sighs> have been hard to do.
1: Right, I mean, and, and that, see, that's another thing is I didn't love judging and so I didn't put as much effort into it as I yeah. could have. Um, you know, if, if I would have had more of a passion for it, Things could have been, you know, night and day different, but I just I cannot tell you enough how much I despised
0: it. It's a it's a process. (laughs) I mean, that's a long. It's a long day. It's a long day.
1: And I wish so bad that I would have liked it, but I just I just never did. But but anyway, so yeah, so I went to Purdue. Um, I majored initially in agriculture communications. Um, and then after my first semester, I tacked on. Um, ag sales and marketing. So I was a dual major in ag communications and ag sales and marketing. Um, I right out of the gate, um, I went through sorority recruitment and joined Zeta Tau Alpha. Um, and that was, that was huge. So being a part of Zeta was, I mean, a majority of my college career as far as the things I was involved with. Um, and then I was also involved with block and bridle. Um, I was our hog show chairman and co-chair or co-chair for a couple years. Um, and then I was a part of ag council um, and then just some other, you know, various organizations throughout my four years. But Zeta was far and wide, my biggest um, involvement.
0: Yeah. This soror- just, uh, um, I, mean, I I, I, mean, I was in a fraternity or I'm in a fraternity at the university of Arizona. So I, I understand the whole community aspect of it, and I would have to agree with you. I mean, just having people there at all times that you can rely on or just shoot out a text and hang out with if you need to, it's it's a great atmosphere to have while in school.
1: Absolutely, and to be honest with you, um, I think, again, looking back, the the biggest benefit for me when it came to joining Zeta was opening myself up to a group of people that were not just involved with ag, yeah. um, and so you know, growing growing up in rural Indiana, I, I, a majority of my friends, whether they were directly involved with ag or not, they all knew what 4H was, what FSA was. They knew about you know what a, a cornfield looks like, a bean field. I mean, just just simple things like that that we all take for granted. Uh, a lot of my sorority sisters did not understand any or very little about agriculture. Um, and so being able to not only, you know, meet, have a conversation with, you know, somebody from New Jersey that doesn't know what 4-H stands for, um, but become like very close friends with those people was an opportunity that I would not have gotten had I not joined Zeta because I'm, I'm, I mean, I fully believe that I would have stayed in my ag bubble and I would have continued to be friends with, you know, the girls and guys that I grew up showing with and, and that. That would have been that, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but I just I'm so thankful that that I was able to make broader connections outside of the College of Ag and, and outside of Indiana, for that matter.
0: Yeah, it's it's good to get those outside perspectives and to be let in on the loop that hey, not everybody is in this industry, not everybody knows the day to day things that are going on, and and people are pretty curious about what's going on on the day to day thing on a day-to-day basis of what's going on in, in the industry. So it's
1: absolutely. And I
0: think, um, if I have to think of the person that I want to send to tell people about agriculture, I'm thinking Tana Simmons for sure. (laughs) That's who I'm, that's who I'm sending.
1: Well, perfect. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I tell you what, there's two, two things that like completely blew my mind. You know, my freshman year, first few weeks in my pledge class, so there was there was there was a girl even that was from Indiana that asked me what 4H was and I'm like wait you're from Indiana and you don't know what 4H is and so I that that was my first like oh crap there you know the, there are people outside of the livestock industry that don't know what this stuff is um and so I know that sounds super naive but that was kind of an eye-opening experience um and then I also had another girl in my pledge class ask me if um brown milk came from brown cows oh gosh. and she was de- you know she is dead serious and so that was another that was another fun conversation um but but yeah I just I, I I guess I was super naive to think that everybody knows about what we do yeah um, and that's obviously not the case so
0: yeah. no but I completely agree with you it's it's good to reach out to those other people those different friend groups and like you said you would have just been stuck in that um same friend group and there's nothing wrong with those people that you grew up with but if you just get locked in a cycle you just kind of got kind of get a closed mindset i remember when kaylee was on the podcast she talked about this when she went to purdue she joined uh well it's not a sorority; it's um
1: co-op the co-op
0: Yeah, she 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 joined a co-op house and she said it changed her life and uh, this is a similar story i mean it, it you you're get to college, you go to, or you go out of high school and you meet people that have a different mindset than you. And it's, it's different, but sometimes it's really, really good and humbling.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um And if anything, you know, I, it, yeah, it just being, I don't know, being a part of Zeta, being at Purdue in general, uh, just solidified my love for the ag industry and and you know the show stock industry at that too
0: yeah i mean purdue's a great school to go to i give it a lot of crap i every time i talk to kaylee i call it Purdue, and she and, hates me she whatever. hates me for it <laughs> I, whatever i almost asked you like in the interview like all right let's talk about Purdue. what do you say no i just whatever pit. What, what have you what do you have hung up if i would have said that or
1: no i would have been like i don't know what i would have said but Normally, see, normally it's people who who are IU fans um, that say things like that. And I'm like, wait, who, 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 who are the Hoosiers? (laughs) Um, But, you know, that's, I can't quite do that to you because you're not a Hoosier, so. Yeah, I'm just,
0: (laughs) I'm just a hater from outside. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. I just love how you you talk crap about Purdue one time, and it only takes thirty seconds for Drew Brees to be mentioned.
1: Yeah. See, honestly, that's never something that I ever bring up in conversation. Like when I'm trying to talk to the haters. Um, and I think I really need to keep keep that in my arsenal because I I don't I don't I just that's just something I never bring. You up. You
0: don't use it enough.
1: No, not Which, nearly. Okay,
0: enough. so let's just let's run a scenario really quick. Oh boy! Okay, so here, three, two, one, action! Okay, hey Tana, how about you go to a real school and not Purdue?
1: What What does that even mean?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like, you're
1: see, so- that's that's what I, that's what I come back with. Like, okay, are okay, okay. not even educated enough to tell okay me a real a real insult. <laughs> come on. <laughs>
0: so you just you just you just try to shut him up you're just like get out of here
1: just stop let's just not even next question please okay that's that's where we're at (laughs) i say
0: that's a i say that's a good way to uh get people out just just tell them to be quiet you're just like you know what
1: exactly right who
0: do you know here you don't know anybody exactly now let's let's inform the people tana on how we met how this incredible friendship has blossomed has
1: blossomed yes yes um so actually I'm trying to think about this. When did we meet when you ran for the junior board? Is that when we Yes. got to have our Okay. Okay, perfect. So well to back up, I got to I got to date myself again here. So many moons ago when I was a a, a wee freshman and in college, that's when I ran for the NJSA junior board. Um so Tell me about I, that experience. Yes. So I remember I don't there's there's certain memories that I have when it comes to NJSA and the junior board that are so irrelevant but also so clear in my mind so yes. I don't know why but for example <laughs> I remember I could I remember like it was yesterday and if I was a better artist I could sketch for you this exact moment I remember sitting at my desk my freshman year in my dorm room typing up my application for the junior board Um, and I think it was, would have been, it wasn't this time. It would have been about March. So it was early spring, I guess. Um, and I just, I remember sitting there. I remember being excited about it. I remember being nervous and I remember reading that application over and over again to make sure that the words that I chose were the right words. And I, I mean, like I was probably more nervous about my NJSA junior board application than I was my college application. Um, and so you know, I remember that. I remember NYLC when we interviewed for the. Didn't know we didn't interview for the junior board, did we? Did we have to interview for the junior board?
0: Uh, I think you did. Yeah, you would have had. I to remember, interview.
1: I remember going to that NYLC, um, and you I definitely also remember interviewed. Yeah, you definitely taking- interviewed. I, yes, we did because me and Walter Colvin took a photo together in our, um, like in our our business attire.
0: Business casual, yeah, or the business. No, attire. no, we were
1: we were business formal. Oh, I mean, formal. We were yes. we were. He was in his full-on khakis, coat, and tie, judging garb, and I was wearing a a business suit, a, a skirt suit,
0: if I'm you a, will. I'm gonna need that picture to post on my social medias with this episode. By the way.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, I think I probably posted it on Instagram, so I can go back and find it there. Perfect. Yes. Man, Sorry. I, go
0: go on with your story. I oh no, you're interrupt. good.
1: That was it. No, you're totally fine. So I'm making a long. I'm making a short story really long. Um. So I remember doing all of the interviewing, and whatnot, and then, um, for when we when I ran, so applied spring, and then we actually like do our campaigning or whatever at Summer Spectacular, and so I remember. I made candy bags, I made posters, and I made two t-shirts with my face on them that said, uh, I think they said Tana Tana for Central Region Director. And my brother, Tegan, and my stepbrother, Cameron, wore them at Summer Spectacular. And that was the the absolute best day ever. Because if anybody knows Tegan, they know that he is very particular. And the fact that he actually wore a t-shirt with my face on it was that was just the best thing ever. And I think I have a photo of that as well that I can That's awesome. Um and so it was just I mean, that was fantastic. I just loved I loved the junior board. I loved everything about it. I loved running for the junior board. I got on the junior board at summer spectacular and Kaylee was our um director and that was the absolute best thing ever. Because like Kaylee and I've been friends. She's probably my oldest friend. We talk about that a lot. We've been friends for, for 15 20 17 or 18 years um a long time so anyway so Kaylee was she was the head honcho um the junior board like my my peers on the board were awesome we all had a great time together um and then so the first year was awesome the second year I served as president um with Dan Ewan so he was my my VP um, and Dan, he's the man. I haven't talked to Dan in, in a really long time. You but
0: to, you need to call Dan.
1: I do need to call Dan. I do. I tell ya. Um, you.
0: Um hey, really quick, are you gonna go to Devin's wedding?
1: I didn't get invited to Devin's wedding.
0: Oh, oh no, okay. Cut that out. I'm editing that out. Oh no. <laughs> That's a bad deal.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah, oh, no, gosh. I mean but like I said, we don't I haven't I mean, I haven't talked to any of those boys in Yeah in a very long time but like Hannah she's Hannah's Hannah. well Brenna and I have always been friends but Hannah she's the one that I definitely keep in most contact with and we weren't even like she wasn't on my she was the year like a- after me so like yeah. I was a second year member when she was a first year member anyways we can circle back around to that um let me think so yeah second year I was president um we did a lot of cool things I Let's see. So I was I was fully immersed in the junior board the summer after my sophomore year and the summer after my junior year. Um, And so because because I was on the junior board, it was my second year on the junior board and my last year of eligibility to show at junior shows. And when you are on the board your second year, you have to, you kind of have to choose whether you're going to show or whether you're going to be on the board. Um, and so obviously I was on the board. I was president, I was staying on the board. And so I kind of gave up my, my show career that summer, um, which was totally fine with me because at that point, you know, I was, I was, had served my time and I was ready to, to take on that different role of, you know, being the mentor, helping to run the show, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I I feel like that was that was honestly the perfect move for me. Um, and and then the perfect transition of, you know, my second year on the board, I was still able to go to the shows, but I wasn't able to show. And then you know, after that, I could. It, it was a good transition for me to like learn how to, not have to show. Yeah, go in to show, enjoy but, the event. Yeah. You know what I mean. You could
0: go to shows with and enjoy it without being coming yes. up to a holding pin and getting in the ring
1: exactly yeah. exactly and i'm not saying it was easy by any means um but it, that's just that's just kind of that's the way it is that's how the transitions roll and that's you know that's why they don't let you show after you're 21 so
0: well and that's a good point i guess i didn't even realize that but that it, that was a great transition for me going to hog shows and not showing yes i'm at both the years that i was on the junior board i i showed at expo the year that i was running for the board but Uh, Mm -hmm. the years that i was on the board i didn't show at expo or summer spectacular so it was nice just to kind of be there and transition out and and not have to worry about anything except opening a gate and closing a gate every three minutes
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and like i said i mean that that was not an easy thing and i say you know i say that i didn't show i did show in the open show um my family my 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 step siblings my second family they um they they took pigs there and they showed in the junior show and then I showed a couple in the open show so um, it was it was nice to still be able to get in the ring but <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't you know I wasn't out there in showmanship I wasn't out there you know in, in the junior show
0: um, you were fiending back there you were just scratching I your arms you're like I need riding, to get in. you know
1: yeah just wringing my hands <laughs> together just like oh come on let me at them give me a whip come on
0: <laughs> I remember I, you you were. Um, I think you were president when I was running for the board. Yes. Yeah. You were just getting off when I got on at Summer yes. Spectacular.
1: Well, did. Okay. So I, it, I always get this so confused was Brenna. Did you and Brenna get on at the same time? We did. Okay. Yes. So that's exactly right. Um, cause Oh, fun fact. So Brenna, uh, Brenna Beard, Shout out! I ran for the junior board the year that I was retiring is also my little in my sorority in
0: Zeta, yeah, in
1: Zeta, yes. So Brenna is my little, um, and I, I can't believe I, I don't, I don't use that near enough because that is just such a fun thing. Like our, you know, our Greek fam and our in my show fam, you know, we're all just we're all just one big happy. That's actually happy family. That's actually
0: pretty <laughs> fortunate that you have that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and Brenna and I didn't become like so you know growing up in indiana we both did we both showed she was you know a a year younger than me in school but we just never really like crossed paths to the point where we struck up a friendship until we got to college you know so we had shown against each other or with each other however you want to say it for several years at open shows and things like that but then never it it never you know got together and, and became such good friends until college um and I always think that's kind of cool too because it's like, you know, you know these people for your whole life but you don't actually know them. Yeah. Uh, until a certain point um
0: well until until, until someone's cool. away from their parents, you are not going to really get to know them at
1: all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so true.
0: To be that's honest so with, true. I mean, I feel like that's how it is. I mean, once once a an 18, 19-year-old gets away from their parents, you're going to find out within the next 4 months what kind of person that is.
1: Yeah. That's and awesome. I was
0: not the best person when that happened. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's all right. You just need a little time to straighten yourself out. It
0: happens. It happens. Okay. It's
1: fine. It's fine. Drinks
0: go down easy when you're away from your parents.
1: <laughs> when mom's not – when you're yes. not terrified that someone's going to walk through the door.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: it's exactly right.
0: Now, did oh. you I, – I put internships on the outline just because I thought – you did do some internships while you were in college, right?
1: Yes. So, um, as I mentioned um, – So the summer after freshman year, I was running for the junior board and showing livestock still. Um, So, you know, I, I'd mentioned kind of our stock show schedule before, but summertime was definitely the busiest between having several national shows, plus county fair and state fair for pigs, cattle, and then sometimes sheep and goats. So my summers were very full, um, taking care of livestock. Uh, So the summer after my freshman year, I was still able to, you know, show at junior shows, um, same with summer after sophomore year. So those two summers, I was fully immersed with livestock. Um, I think the summer after my sophomore year, I went to Expo Louisville. So Expo, World Pork Expo, Summer Spectacular, um, Team Purebred. I went to Maine and Key Junior Nationals and went to my county fair and we went to the state fair. And that was, I. I was home. I, I, it was just, it was a crazy summer. Absolutely oh my crazy. Gosh, that does sound um, crazy. So that's what I was dealing with, you know, those two summers. Then the summer after my junior year, as I mentioned before, I took, you know, I, I wasn't showing pigs that summer. Um, and I think I might, I think I might've had a heifer that we, that we were going to take to junior nationals, but it didn't end up panning out or something like that. Um, so that was a summer that I had my, my, I guess my first and only summer internship. And that was with Elanco animal health. um, and so when I was in college, Elanco was like it was the company that I wanted to work for. Okay. Um, so being able to land an internship with them was absolutely fantastic. Now the reason that I wanted to work for Elanco was because my ideal case scenario was I could work in either beef or swine pharmaceuticals um and you know and stay in my in my livestock bubble. However, uh something that Elanco really likes to do and a lot of a lot of you know companies like to do is pull you out of your comfort zone. So when I was in my interview talking about, you know, my, my passion for the livestock industry and how much I, you know, I loved being around animals and things uh, like cattle and pigs and things like that, they took that and said, okay, cool. Let's give you a summer internship with companion animals in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Oh, I remember <laughs> this. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yes. And so, what <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, I, another memory that I have, I moved into my apartment in Buckhead, um, which is like a like a portion of Atlanta, um, and, on my birthday, on May 26th of 2015. So I moved into my apartment, and my mom helped me move in, because we drove down, and then she flew out the next day, and that was like, that was kind of my first... Um, taste of like uh, reality, I guess, um in the fact that like, oh, okay, one of these days I'm gonna have to live without my mom and I'm gonna be living in an apartment like this, and oh crap, what am I gonna do? Um so it's a
0: you know
1: it's it's kind of it's there's a lot of things like this, but it's one of those things where people can tell you until they're blue in the face what to expect and how you're gonna feel, but until you're actually in that position, you just, you just don't know. My brother, my, my middle brother, Tegan, he just had a baby a couple weeks ago. Um, And, you know, people told them until they were blue in the face about how the first few nights are the worst. And you just don't know about it. You don't realize it until you're actually living it. Um,
0: Did he say that so, the first two nights were the worst? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, he did.
1: They, on day three, they both him and Maddie were both so tired. And they were, I think, ready to give baby Baylor back to somewhere. I think, <laughs> Don't take I think to the they, firehouse. They were ready to throw in the towel. Yeah. Um, but she's oh, she's the best. Being an aunt's the best. But anyways, I digress. Um, so, lived in Atlanta, Georgia, doing a companion animal internship, uh, pharmaceutical sales internship. So, um, my mentor, his name was Jason. He was awesome. He did not understand anything about my background as far as the livestock world goes. Um, but he was... I mean, he was super cool, very knowledgeable. He helped me learn as much as I could about being in a small animal clinic. Um, And you know, I've had dogs my whole life. Anybody, most folks that know me know that I'm an avid corgi enthusiast. Um, So you know, I've always had dogs. But they're farm dogs, like outdoor dogs. Yeah. Like they don't I mean, they see the vet when the vet comes to the house. When they
0: when they absolutely need it.
1: Right. Yeah. So it was it was really a change of mind like a a real mindset change for me to first of all wear I mean, kind of business casual, business professional every day. Um that was oof, that was a rough one. Um <laughs> and then go into these small animal clinics and have conversations with veterinarians who are doing you know, five and $10,000 surgeries on poodles or, you know, and and that was just so hard for me to wrap my mind around. Um, but you know, I spent two and a half months doing this and, and embracing this, this different world. Um, and while I'm, I'm not going to say that, I mean, I'm not gonna say I loved it, but I did love interacting with people. That's how I found out that, you know, I, I like talking to people. I like asking questions about their jobs. I like, you know, learning information about different people. Um, and so that was one of the biggest things that I I pulled out of that summer. Um, I had a couple of projects that were uh, not really worth talking about right now, but I had some projects over the summer, you know, as most (laughs) internships do. Um, and and at the end of the summer, I, I was so ready to come back to Indiana. Um,
0: The heart of Atlanta, Georgia, is a little bit different than Tipton, Indiana, even West Lafayette, Indiana.
1: Well, I tell you what, I it was the, the craziest thing to me was so like you know growing up, you go to the grocery store, or your mom goes to the grocery store once a week. She buys you know a cart full of groceries, and then you pull into the driveway and you unload them all into the house, and that's just what you do. Well, in my apartment in Atlanta, I had to carry all of these things, like from the parking garage to the elevator, to the stairs, oh, up the, fl- you know, all that stuff. And so I was like, okay, so I'm not just going to go to the grocery store once a week and load up. Cause that's going to take me forever. So I had to, you know, kind of grow accustomed to going to the store, like every two days, getting a couple things here and there. And then, um, not that I cooked that much, I mean, if I'm being honest, you could have really done a,
0: you could have done a, uh, a big trip and then done more than one trip.
1: N- n- no. <laughs> <laughs> no no.
0: Absolutely not. What, Can't uh, do more uh, than I'm one trip.
1: It's blasphemy. <laughs> no. You don't do that.
0: No, couldn't do it.
1: No. I will say, I will say and this is i you can strike this off the record if you want to. The highlight for me of living in Atlanta, Georgia that summer was there was a liquor store down the road that carried Keystone Light lime.
0: You're and lying. it was
1: awesome. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> what? I know.
1: I know. It was great. So I remember, I remember clear as day. I called my dad and I was like, dad, you're never going to guess what I just found. I told him about it. And so then he starts looking up here for it. Well, I guess it was just a Southern thing because I, I mean, I obviously brought some home for everybody, but it was, I mean, it was awesome. Oh it my was absolutely gosh. fantastic. I got into my routine of, I would get home of an evening. I'd put on my comfy clothes. I'd sit on my balcony. I was on like the 15th, 16th floor, so I'd sit on my balcony, crack me a cold Keystone light lime, <laughs> and uh, and I would just sit, sit, and enjoy the evening. Crack
0: your old brewski lime, yeah, yeah.
1: that's exactly right. I
0: love it. You know what I really want them to make right now, and I think your part of the world would go crazy over it. Tell I want, me. I want a Bush light lime. Yeah. You know,
1: you're that's right. That's what I want. So, so uh, Indiana is... I don't want to say we're split. You're right. most Most folks around here are big bush light drinkers. I oh, personally, I just really, I, I mean, I'm, a, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm good with, I'm good with it. But it's not, it's not my preference. Well, okay. It's not my preference. It, oh, I also, since we're talking about beer and this year, so, I, you know, I found the Keystone Light Lime several years ago in Georgia. Well, I went into the Walmart the other day, and there was a, a like a pink a dark pink case of beer and i'm like i've never seen this before it was keystone light raspberry and lime
0: okay here's the deal i'm getting pissed now because now it's a game changer i think (laughs) i think some keystone the company is just following your ass around that's exactly what they're doing (laughs) they're putting specialty boxes in front of you to see if they work out it's
1: exactly what they're doing. And you know why I know that? Because I sent my stepbrother a Snapchat of it and he just lives over in Lafayette and he's like, "Oh my god, I've been looking for that." And I'm like, "Well, you come to me. You come, you come to me. me. <laughs> you come to me, you'll find the beer. You
0: come to me." That's <laughs> hilarious. I I think okay, so I wonder if Keystone's going to get in the seltzer game.
1: Oh boy. I hope I I hope not. It's too many Celsers. Hey, there's it's funny you say that. Blake just said that same thing. He's like, there are so many out there. And he, he's not a seltzer fan, so that's fine. But I agree. There's too many.
0: Too there's many options. There's a lot. Um I We're talking a lot about alcohol. We probably don't need to be talking this much about it. But I wanted to say yeah, one more thing about uh, liquor. I wanted to thank you. The first time I've ever tried the best whiskey in the world, TX Whiskey.
1: Oh, boy. was from
0: you. And oh. I haven't drank it since. So... How does that? Oh. How does that make you feel? Well, if you
1: ever, if you ever, are you are you coming to Expo if they have it?
0: I I honestly, they sell it here in Arizona. I just haven't bought. A oh, bottle.
1: oh, okay. I was gonna <laughs> say because I, I still have some from like three years ago. <laughs> no,
0: so. they they actually do sell it in Arizona now, mm. which is nice.
1: It's there very you go. Nice. There you go. Perfect.
0: So I wanted to thank you for that. I appreciate
1: it. Hey, no problem. You know, just uh,
0: you and just old Blaine spread, Evans
1: s- spreading the. <laughs> Jeez, so Pete Blaine Evans, I can't tell you between Blaine Evans and Austin Rodenbeck, I bootlegged so much of that stuff home when I lived in Texas.
0: <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> anyway, illegal. Edit that out. <laughs>
1: edit, edit that out. I don't great.
0: think it's bootlegging. We're good. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about after college. Um, okay. Um. Your your work life after college. It's, yes. You've been you've been around a little bit working. Yep. Yep. Um, learning some new experiences. Walk me through it.
1: Yes. Okay. So after my internship with Elanco, um, they offered me a full-time position. Um, and so that was, that was right before or right during the start of my senior year of college, they offered me a full-time position upon graduation. Um, so that was, that was awesome. Um, the, the caveat there was when I got the offer, it was the offer of a job not a specific position. So I knew I had a job with Elanco, but I didn't know what I would be doing or where I would be doing it. Uh. But because I loved the company so much from my internship, that was a risk I was willing to take. So I accepted the offer. Um, and then fast forward through senior year. Upon graduation, when it was time to report for our first day, um, you know, we, we, the first two weeks were just general onboarding at Elanco's headquarters in Greenfield, Indiana. Um, And then once those two weeks were up, we had a little bit of a lag in where we were going to go. So there were like four or five different options for four or five different new hires. Um, And we interviewed, we got to rank those, those five different locations and then we interviewed, and the folks that interviewed us pretty much kind of decided where we were going to go. Um, so, long story short, I ended up in the beef business unit. So, I was selling beef pharmaceuticals in Southwest Texas, which was at the time exactly what I wanted, exactly where I wanted to go. Um, I had been to Oklahoma and Texas, like looking at cattle and you know, one, my friend and I, we went on vacation to Texas over senior year spring break. So I was all in. I thought that was awesome. Um, I lived in a town called New Braunfels, which is right between Austin and San Antonio. Um, and it, I, I had a great time. Um, I'm a huge Texas country music fan. And New Braunfels is kind of a hub for Texas country. So oh, nice. I i mean, every weekend and a lot of weeknights, I could see, you know, Jason Bullen, Josh Abbott, Cody Johnson, Co. Wetzel, Reed. I mean, you name it, they were playing somewhere nearby. Yeah. Um, and so that was I mean, that was awesome. Um, and then from a job standpoint. I was really excited, but I was really nervous because living in Indiana, the largest cow herd uh, usually that you will see is like two or three hundred head. And that's really big for up here Um, in Texas or southwest Texas. We we really didn't. We focused on herds that were at least fifteen hundred head. Yeah. Um, And so that was and that was a that was a big culture shock for me um, just trying to figure out how somebody even manage that um oh yeah well (laughs) and and it's it's just a totally different deal you know down there they don't deal with mud like we deal with mud up here um which was that was absolutely fabulous and something that I just didn't even realize (laughs) um especially right well not right now but you know three weeks ago I was literally up to my knees in mud trying to feed cows and that was an absolute disaster so um so yeah I mean I I, in that, in that year and a half that I was in Texas with Elanco, I learned how to be an adult. I learned how to like pay real life bills. Um, I learned how to it, just like, like, I know it sounds stupid, but just manage my life. Yeah. Um, I learned, <laughs> I learned how to m- make friends. I know that sounds silly, but something that the hardest part for me as an adult was making adult friends with people that I didn't grow up with or didn't necessarily have pre-existing common interests. Yes,
0: that is so you tough. know, like
1: you know, when you get into college, and when I was in Zeta, you know, I made new friends, but we were all we were at Purdue, we were taking classes, we had these things in common. Um, you know, when I moved into my apartment in New Braunfels, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know how to, I didn't know where to start. Didn't um, you even?
0: Didn't you go on like Bumble for friends?
1: yes yes Yes. i'm so glad you remembered that yes so the first three weeks that i lived down there before my my apartment open or before i got my lease to my apartment and before my stuff got to texas i was living in a hotel and i downloaded bumble and for those of you who don't know bumble used to at least have a bff option so you could like literally swipe left or right for friends like just real life friends like just
0: friends
1: like literally literally just friends and i met a girl named hannah who worked for caterpillar and she was from illinois and that hannah she literally got me she helped me survive it was great and we i mean both being from midwest she lived out in the country so we had some common interests and you know we struck up a really close friendship um and then once i had one friend It it was easier to make other friends because you know,
0: like you get tied in with their friends, right? Right, exactly,
1: exactly. Um, and then also the other game changer for me was, and I know everybody says not to do this, so I waited before I got my precious tough tough. Um, so tough is my corgi puppy. He's my dog, (laughs) and everybody says don't get a dog. Right when you graduate and move out and do all that. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. So I waited uh, six months and then I got tough and my world forever changed. He's the best. I love him so much. But he also helped me make friends because everybody loves a corgi puppy. Oh, yeah. They love And them. so And so I would take him on walks and take him to the dog park and – I mean, I mean, for you could ask my mom. For the first couple months after I got Tough, I would always refer to my dog park friends
0: um, because
1: (laughs) you know that's what I would do. Of an evening, I would get home from work, I would take Tough out, and we would just hang out at the dog park for like a couple hours and just kind of see who meandered in.
0: Interesting. Um, That's that's one way to meet friends is at a dog park. Gosh dang. I know. That's I know. one place that I'm like if I ever go to a dark dog park, I don't really want to talk to anybody else. I yeah, feel
1: like. no, that was not that was not me. I <laughs> I I was grasping for straws. I guess so. Um so so I, you know, was in Texas for a year and a half and I ugh, the at once the new wore off, I was very homesick. Um and so I began looking for other opportunities that could potentially get me closer to home. Um, And so I stumbled across an opportunity with Weaver Livestock. They were in search of a national sales rep for their brick and mortar stores. Um, And being that this was a national position, technically I could have lived anywhere. um, But gaining this position gave me the opportunity to move back home if I so chose. Um, And so you know, Weaver is based out of Northeast Ohio, uh, so moving back to Indiana also gave me the chance to go to the home office more, which was another plus. Um, so when I took the job with Weaver, like I said, national sales rep for brick, brick and mortar stores, um, that was a huge a huge territory, and I was used to a big territory. Don't get, you know? Don't get me wrong, Southwest Texas is pretty big, but yeah. um, having being a national sales rep was also very, uh, overwhelming. Uh, however, I was back in my realm, um, being in the livestock industry. So, you know, we're talking show stock, you know, show cows, show pigs, that kind of thing. Um, and so I, I felt like I was back with my people kind of, um, when it came to talking to customers, talking to consumers, um, things like that. So Weaver, they're a great company. Um, I, I, again, I enjoyed my job, but I traveled a lot. Um, so not only was I traveling to stores, but I was also traveling to various shows, um, just to, to help out, uh, with, you know, the supply trailer to help out with dem- demos, things like that. Um, because little known fact, while Weaver is, you know, one of the largest show supply companies, uh, it, it actually, the, de- the livestock department in Weaver is only made up of like six or eight people. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, everybody was kind of wearing a lot of hats. Um, so a lot of travel involved there. Um,
0: so you did you did travel a bunch for Weaver?
1: Yes, I yeah. traveled a bunch for Weaver. Um, and so while my home base was Indiana, I was still traveling a ton. And I just felt like I didn't really have time for anything else. Um, and so that is kind of what led into my current position, Um, So last February, I started a job with a company called Crop Risk Services um, as a crop insurance adjuster. So um, I've gone from animal pharmaceuticals to livestock show supplies to crop insurance, (laughs) um, which is is a lot of jumps. But I I very much enjoy what I'm doing now. Um, Crop Risk Services is an awesome company. Um, as a crop insurance adjuster, basically, if there is a problem with a crop that's put out, um, I am there to help assess the damage and walk the, the farmer through, uh, their options and the different steps to make sure that they, they're covered. Um, it's very seasonal, which is, is nice, um, because I, I kind of know when I'm going to be busy. Um, so like right now, I was talking, to, as we were talking about earlier, right now farmers are starting to get into the fields. Um, some guys are finishing up. Some are just starting. Either way, I know that here in the next two, three weeks, I will probably begin to get busy uh, working replants. Last year, um, anybody from the Midwest knows that last year was an absolute doozy of a year. Um, I, I People who have never heard the term prevent plant, got very comfortable with that term. Um, what does so that term last year, mean? Last year was my first year adjusting and also the first year that most people even heard of Prevent Plant. Um, so Prevent Plant is, um, if there is, if you can't plant a certain a, uh, a certain area of your field or a whole field in general, then you can take what's called Prevent Plant um, and then you, you can get a, a, a certain amount of insurance payment Uh, due to the fact that you could not get in the field so last year was very very wet it rained i mean uh, it rained for 190 million days it felt like um and so farmers just could not physically get a tractor in the field to plant a crop um and so we had a lot of farmers that were were utilizing that prevent plant option um and not not willingly i mean it's not something you want to do as a farmer you want to get a crop in the ground but it is what it is i guess yeah um so this year's been a lot. Knock on wood. I'm not gonna say it. So far, the the, the weather has been pr- pretty good. So we'll just keep our fingers
0: crossed that we don't even, even need to talk about it. What, what are we nope, even talking see, about right it. now? No, we're not no, talking no.
1: about it. Anyways, um, so yeah, so crop <laughs> insurance adjuster. Really love my job. Um, I, I, yeah, it, it's totally different than, you know, what I have been doing, but I absolutely love it, and um. Yeah, it's awesome. But it,
0: it, it's again like it's getting you out of your comfort zone, and, and it's kind of pushing you to to learn something new and to get it excited is. about something.
1: It is. Um. And, and like we talked about before, I you know I don't really like to do something if I don't think or don't know that I'm going to be good at it. And I talk. I mean, I've got, I've got some people in my family who are crop insurance adjusters, and so having conversations with them, basically as a as a crop insurance adjuster. I still get to interact with people. I still get to talk to people, but I don't have the pressure of making a sell a, a sale and that's why that's why I really really love what I'm doing because you know sales was not my forte necessarily because I had I felt like I had a lot of pressure to actually sell a product, obviously, otherwise the company doesn't make money well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I love I love I love the interacting with people and that kind of thing and so now I get to do that. Uh, but I'm doing it, you know, to to help their bottom line, not necessarily to meet a quota.
0: Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You're helping. You feel like you're helping somebody out, so it helps you make the sale a little bit better.
1: Right. Exactly. So, um, so that's my full time job, and then I also work part time with Walton Webcasting. Um, so my official title is Project and PR Coordinator. Um, but basically I help to keep our, 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 our guy, Greg, I keep him in line. Um, and then I also help out with various odds and ends. Um, kind of whatever, whatever we need done, I, I help to pick up some slack.
0: Yeah, nice. I mean, you're just there to kind of help out and wherever you're needed.
1: Exactly. So I, I mean, Walton webcasting, for those of you who don't know, Walton Webcasting is called Walton Webcasting because they're located in Walton, Indiana, um, which is also where I currently live. So they're not far, not far away, um, which is also very handy.
0: Yes. Yes. Very, very handy indeed. Yes. It makes it yes. easy when something's so close to you.
1: Absolutely. Gosh Absolutely. dang. Yeah. It
0: makes it easy for a part time job for sure.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Now, um,. I mean, as you can see it on, on your outline, that's all I had for you, but I've got one more question. Okay. Um, I asked this to everybody, just a little off-the-cuff question, and you're going to be great at this. You like extemp. Um, Give me some advice for some young people coming up in the in this industry, and I know you have some um, – uh, we've been given this spiel ever since we're on the junior board, ever since before we're on the junior board, to get kids involved, but um, – just give us your outlook on how to stay positive, how to get it involved within the industry. You, you know what I'm trying to say here.
1: All I know exactly rest. what you're trying to say. Um. So uh, my A1A advice is, and, and this is not exactly maybe where we're going with this, but I want to get it out there. If you are not passionate about this industry, don't force it. Um. I... I I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, um, and okay, uh, we we may need to edit some of this because I got to think about this. Okay, yeah. If you're not if you are not passionate about what you're doing, then don't do it. Whether that's you know whether that's showing pigs, showing cattle, playing baseball, playing an instrument, whatever. If you're not passionate about it, don't don't let somebody else try and force you to do it because at the end of the day, I mean, unless you think that you're going to have potential for passion, you know, don't worry about it. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if you are passionate about something, if you're passionate about this industry, but you don't necessarily have the resources, reach out to somebody. I personally, I am giving anybody the opportunity look me up on Facebook, send me a message. If you are passionate about this industry and you want to advance and excel and you want to go somewhere, you want more help, you want to learn more, reach out to somebody who does know because they are, so many people in this industry that are willing to help. Um, you know that they may just not know how to put themselves out there. Uh, you know, just like you, if you're if you're searching for information or you're searching for a mentor, but you just don't know who to ask or how to find somebody, shoot, Canada a message. Shoot me a message. Shoot somebody a message and try and figure it out. Because if you have a passion for something, there is no reason that not having a mentor should hold you back. Um, I I just I can't I cannot stress that strongly enough.
0: I think that's, um, I think I think you hit it right on the nail, honestly. Because the the only the only reason that we are here right now is because of our mentors. The only exactly reason, the only reason you get a leg up in anything is because you have a mentor that can show you how to do things correctly.
1: Ex- e- e- that's exactly right. Um. E- e- yeah. And the other the other thing is is if you want to get better uh, put in the effort. Yes. I I mean I <laughs> I've we've I've been struggling with this, you know, if you if you want to get better at something, you've got to put in the effort. You have Walton Webcasting has archives. Sit and watch shows. If you want to be better at showmanship, go to next level camp. Sit and watch shows. Take notes on showmanship contests where kids are winning. Watch those kids Reach out to those kids and ask them what they're doing at home. Uh, if you want to be a better feeder, sit and watch the videos that these feed companies put out there. Reach out to the feed reps. Uh, if you, I mean, if you want to be a better fitter, same deal. You've got to put in the effort if you want to be better. You know, don't talk about it. Be about it. Exactly. Um, and if you if you don't, that's fine. But that's just I I just can't stress that enough.
0: Especially Passion is important.
1: Absolutely, and if you got a passion for it, go for it and, and and put in the work. Yeah, put in the work.
0: No, I I completely agree with you, and that's a that's a great way to put it. And I've I found myself pursuing um ideas or pursuing things that I um at, at first I'm like, okay, this is actually really really cool, but then I have to take a step back, evaluate it, and say, okay, am I gonna think this is really cool? two to three months down the road. Because if I'm not, there's no reason to pursue it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. I mean, if you don't have passion for something, why waste your time with it? Go find something that you're actually passionate about.
1: And and don't, I mean, don't waste other people's time either. Like I said, if you're, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I feel like we're kind of in a rut maybe in this industry where we've got a lot of, a lot of people who are really, Well, heck, me, for example, you know, I, I, I love the livestock industry. I'm not, I don't want to give it up. I want to, I want somebody to help. I want kids to help. I want to help anybody that I can. Um, but you know, finding those kids that have the passion and want the help and want the advice is kind of a challenge. Um, so
0: hundred percent, um, that's, I, I, that's what I got. I think you hit it. (laughs) I think you hit it right on the nail. I don't, I really don't have anything else to add to that. I I want to say I appreciate you taking time out of your day, um, for talking with me for a little over an hour. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, no problem. I appreciate you asking me to be on here. Um, I I mean, these podcasts are, t- they're I don't want to say the way of the future because they're the way of now. Um, I mean, I find myself listening to my true crime podcasts constantly. So these uh, oh, um, they're, they're fantastic.
0: I- <laughs> They pass, I, they're a great way to pass time. That's, that's how I found, find them.
1: That's exactly right. And now that the weather's getting nicer here in the Midwest, um, you know, I put my headphones in while I'm picking up sticks. Which, my God, I pick up sticks every day. It seems like because that's just what we do in the Midwest. Um, you what? But pick up sticks like like the when, game? No, 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 no. I go to my. I have to go into my yard and pick up sticks from the trees that the wind has blown the sticks and limbs out of. For example, two days ago, we had, like, 60-mile-per-hour wind gusts, and the trees in my yard are kind of cruddy, and so they just shed constantly. So I hook the wagon up to my lawnmower, I drive around the yard, and I pick up sticks. Pick up sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I, god! I guess I realize now that that may just be something that we have to do up in these parts, because, I mean, yeah, I, I pick up sticks probably every other day. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. You're just picking up sticks.
1: I I pick up sticks. I have my headphones in and on my mower with my red wagon, and I pick up sticks.
0: Here's the deal Uh, two of of the states that uh, my podcast is most downloaded in is in Illinois and Indiana. And so I'm glad people have to pick up sticks there so that they can throw their headphones in and listen. (laughs) So you guys listening here in that area, you guys just keep picking up those sticks. And you remember when you're picking up sticks. Put me in your ear.
1: <laughs> I think I think that your your downloads are really going to increase this uh, this summer as well because we also have to mow every five days up up here. So uh, too much yard work. It's it is a lot. That's it a is. lot. Of, that's
0: a lot of grooming.
1: <laughs> it really is. Now that you
0: mention it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's why most Arizona uh, houses now they just have like gravel. <laughs> no one, no one does real grass anymore in their front yards or anything. It's they just do like <laughs> desert scenery.
1: <laughs> that's perfect. It's I wonder great. if I can get away with that.
0: You could. I'll help you out.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> All right, Tana. Well, uh, thanks again, and I'm sure this won't be the last time you're on here. We'll have to <laughs> have you on again. You know what? I we hope need to not. do. We need to do a. Uh, um, a call with me you and Kaylee
1: I was just about to say we need to do a
0: three-way with me you and Kaylee three-way
1: call three-way podcast yeah
0: I think so I think that'd be the best way to do it
1: that's it yeah oh man it would be no productivity would be done oh no it it would be clowning oh my
0: gosh there will be no important information coming on the podcast and I don't even know if there's an important information on it anyway but we'll just we're just gonna slack off on that deal it's just gonna be an like two hours of us laughing
1: just entertainment pure yep. entertainment pure for entertainment. at least us three
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna get that set up and uh, but in the meantime stay safe Thanks. we went we're- through i want to say that we went through this whole conversation without talking about the c word
1: oh, let's let's not
0: okay i'll talk actually, to you later
1: yeah nope you're right yep all Wait, right what let's were you gonna see, say gonna,
0: what were you gonna say
1: i was gonna say actually my i mean being have like so we talked earlier that you're an essential worker. Same here. I've got an ag job. I'm technically essential. But I realized over the last couple months how isolated my job is anyways because I literally haven't had to change
0: anything. No. <laughs> Andy, I knew you were gonna say that. That's
1: well, and same with Blake. Like my fiance, he works for he works for a farmer, and he farms. And I'm like, we our lives have not changed at all. And I don't know if that's great or if that's pathetic.
0: Yes, I think it's good. <laughs> I think it's good. You guys are important.
1: Yeah, that's 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 how we look at it. <laughs>
0: that's how I look at it.
1: <laughs> we're important. That's perfect.
0: All right, Tana. Well, uh, we'll talk soon, and I hope you have a good rest of your day.
1: All right. Thanks, you. Talk ya. to you later.
0: Bye. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Tana is an incredible human being. She's just, she's so genuine. She's so personable and she's super, super passionate about what she does, whether it's working for Weaver Livestock or a land co or, 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 or selling crop insurance. I mean, she's, she's just super passionate about whatever she does. And I think that's just something that everyone can look up to. I mean, I know I look up to it when I hear Tana talk about her life and her passions I mean it makes me want to be more passionate about what I'm doing in my life and I'm passionate about the things I'm doing but gosh dang I mean she just sounds like she's over the moon about what she's doing and I can't be more excited for it to be honest with you guys I love Tana she's an incredible human being and I'm I'm happy that I had her on we're going to have her again with Kaylee I think we're going to do that um, little joint call with me her and Kaylee I think that'd be really fun I, I don't know if you guys would think that'd be fun but we would just have a ball I promise you. All right, well, like I said in the intro, I'm going to be releasing some more uh, episodes for you guys today just because I didn't release one last week. So I apologize for that again. Hope you guys are still listening. Don't give up on me yet. I love you. Have a good day. Bye.